Uh, you know, it's a hate crime. How much I hate crime. Do, 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 do. Hello. And welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. <laughs> the podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have two very special guests, Mr. Aton Levine. Hello. And Mr. Patrick Lawler. Hello. And today we are discussing The Yellow Birds, written in 2017, uh, based on the novel by Kevin Powers and directed by Alexander Morris. So the first question I have for you guys is if I pronounced Patrick's last name correctly. You did. Okay, good. Now we can move on to the movie. So My, my name's hard to pronounce also. You did so well. Though. Well, I've no known one- you for a little bit. Yeah, I just want to say that in general. Thank you for saying my name correctly. Imagine if your name was Patrick's first name, and then you guys had two hard names. Wow. Like a first and a last name. Lala Levine? Or Aton Lawler? Aton Lawler. Yeah, Yeah. that's not good. That's not a good name. I like it. Why'd you guys pick Tony Collette, by the way? What's the... Can I ask that question? (laughs) (laughs) She She actually picked us. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> Stupid. You know, I don't wand, know why I asked that. You're right. The wand chooses the wizard, you know. We've been on the Tony payroll this whole time. It's really just a promotional thing, which is crazy. Five Australian I feel dollars like a week. We dislike half of these movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say more than half. More than half. But that's not her fault at all. It's what? just that her agent is really on something most of the time. What's, yeah. What good is she? What's like the good stuff that she's in? Bitch? Knives out. What? Knives, Knives out. out. Yeah, and I called you a Her- bitch. Hereditary, Little Miss Sunshine, the Sixth, Sixth Sense. Sense. Okay. She was Muriel's- in the Sixth Sense. She won an Oscar nomination for it. What? <laughs> she won a nomination. Was she the little boy's mom? <laughs> yes. She yes. was honored to be nominated in that movie. <laughs> She's in the car, like crying when he's like, "I can see dead people and stuff." Or no, when went- was she Bruce her- Willis? No. She was Bruce Willis. And then she became, she was like, I'm not making any money as Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Willis is taking all that Bruce Willis m- money. Die Hard um, famously flopped. Yeah, famously. <laughs> Wait, so my question is, why uh, her and not Frances McDormand? Oh, please. There's no pun for Frances McDormand's name that we could think of. The Frances Awards? We're taking a trip to Francis. I guess we could have done Emmy Rossum or um, oh, yeah, Oscar, Oscar Isaac or oh, um, Grammy, Grammy, um, Grammy, Smith Apple. Grammy Smith. <laughs> it's just us ranking the different kinds of apples. Oh, or sorry SAG. Call- I'm sorry for calling the entire uh, podcast into question so early <laughs> into this podcast. Well, we're just, secure in our in our in our um, choice. So she's great. She's um, nothing against her. I like her. You yeah. should watch United States of Terra. It's a really it's the show that got me into her. It's don't really you great. tell me what to do. No, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll maybe watch. She's the she's the lead. Brie Larson's her daughter. She has multiple personalities. I like Brie Larson. Remember when Brie Larson hosted Jimmy Kimmel and like cleavage? I everywhere. absolutely didn't watch that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that. No, means. this this was this. Everyone go look at what Google what Brie Larson wore when she hosted Jimmy Kimmel. It was, it was a, like it was, it was news a, for like two days. It was a calculated move to, to get all the Marvel fanboys to stop hating. Wait, so yeah, where was it huge on like straight Twitter or? It, yeah, straight Twitter was a bust with everyone. Okay. Straight Twitter a was bust. 
<laughs> you know you have like oh. that. Holy shit. Those are oh. yeah, that's insane. What did I oh my say? God. Wait, I'm looking and it up. The sideways buttons down her whole body is very mm-hmm. odd. And the slit up to the thing. What? She is ninety-eight percent boob. You know how like when they make Disney characters like huge eyes? Oh like, yeah. wow. That's but just t- titties. This is like an intentional boob moment. Oh, oh no, it was totally planned. She was yeah. hated in the press and then she got all hated. Yeah. Well, they got all mad at her because she was a woman in a Marvel movie and how dare she? It was, oh, yeah. you know, this was NY Post hated, but everyone else hated. This, you can tell Caltech was involved in making that happen. She won an Oscar for playing an assault victim in a basement. Like, I don't think, I think yeah. she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> and now all she does is like Nissan commercials. Like all Brie Larson does now is like drive around in Nissans. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> with, literally. With Alyssa Lempris, that comic. It's that famous, it's like this Twitter comic. She has friends? His, what? Brie Larson has friends? In, no, in the commercial. Was that what you were asking, Jake? Yes. <laughs> in, the, in the commercial, they cast oh. some friends for her. Oh, I didn't see that one. I thought she was just by herself. Oh, to be Brie Larson's you know, when you're friend at, in like, a commercial. Uh, you're at like a crosswalk and she rolls up in a Nissan and she's like, hey, how do you feel? And drives away or whatever. Is that what the commercial is? Basically. Or she's yeah. like, she just like pulls up and she rolls down the window and she's just like, what's up guys? Or something. You want a Nissan? Or I don't know. It's there like, isn't much marketing. Like it's not, mar- like it's not, there's no, uh, the copy no. is reported there. It's just like, can we get Brie Larson's face on? Yeah, the ad person was like, Brie Larson driving the car. That's all, that's all it is. So, the, so, this, so this movie is about the Iraq War. <laughs> <laughs> this movie fucking sucked. I hated it. This movie this was, was a hunk of shit. So, so... It morbid and depressing and weird and for why? no reason i was texting aton like as i went and he's like don't worry it gets worse <laughs> yeah you texted me like halfway through it i'm like man if you think it's like mediocre now you wait till at the end of it when they just fucking go to the fucking cleaners i'll tell you what i i got this movie i pegged this movie completely wrong when it first started i was like oh is this a movie about young han solo having having uh <laughs> getting on with Jennifer Aniston at the end. I was like, his buddy's <laughs> going to die in Iraq and he's going to tell Jennifer Aniston and then they're going to have a relationship. I was so wrong. Yeah, I thought I was going to see Jennifer Aniston tits in this movie. Instead, her son dies. And then... <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> what? If you're... Who's listening it's... to this podcast? Is someone listening to this podcast? <laughs> no, I meant... I meant who's listening to this podcast for the, for, before watching this movie? I don't also, think anyone who listens to the podcast watches these movies. Also, the first line of the movie is voiceover narration, which I hate. And it's oh, the guy being right like, we lost oh, Murph before yeah. he died. Oh, yeah. So, is that, yeah. So you find oh out from the beginning that he's going to die. But they, they say we lost Murph before he was attempted, castrated, and thrown in the river or whatever. Nope. No. They you had to figure that. that out. Just this, they I, they literally wrote that whole character like he's gonna die any second. Like every line of his is just like, ah, oh, being alive. <laughs> in, yeah. In the I want to get out of here. Ah. I, I love breathing and looking at the sun. <laughs> in the beginning, when he's like, 
maybe after this I'll go to college for history. I was like, that's a line that you write when somebody is going to die. If they're talking about like maybe what they'll do in the future, that's just so that the viewer can feel bad about the potential that was lost <laughs> after they die. Yeah, and then if, if, the only exception is if, if it's two people talking to each other and they're making plans for after, one of them is, will survive. Yeah, but it's yeah. going to be the one that's less innocent. The innocent yeah. one's going to die so that the yeah. less innocent one can learn, relearn innocence through his buddy's death. The bigger fuck up is the one that always makes it through the war. And it's always like, wow, the world could have been a little bit better if the other one made it through. Right. I have to be good now because my friend is dead. Yeah. And then, so, long story short, he doesn't. All he does is yell at his kids because the therapy wasn't a thing until 88. And, uh, oh, well, it turns out this isn't even, Google told me that this was about the Gulf War. Uh, so I was, so I was sending people like a list of movies. Oh, being, like this being like, oh. this one's about the Gulf War. This one's about like an autistic teenager. Um, and no, and, and then it was about Iraq and I felt really bad for misleading. Wait, it's about Iraq? Wait, the book was about, about the Gulf the book was about the guys in Iraq. He went in 2004, 2005. So it definitely wasn't about the Gulf War. So he made a, this guy was an Iraqi vet and then he made a movie about the no, Gulf War. Google just, Google just lied to me is what happened. Wait, so I thought that it was about the Gulf War because Google yeah. said, yeah, there, it is Iraq. The Gulf War lasted for like three days <laughs> and there definitely wasn't this sort of crap going on. It was I like know, I was like, on tank. The, I read no it, Gulf. I was like, the Gulf War. Oh, this, yeah. yeah. The Gulf War was a fun one. In this would have, uh, this would Was that in the 90s? It was yes. in the 90s. That was, uh, remember that like terrible movie that we had to watch about- uh, Which one? The, like the, the Middle Eastern girl who gets groomed by her neighbor. Okay, I thought about that movie when I was watching this because I was like, this, there have not been a movie that is going to be as annoying and hard to talk about since, as, since that movie, honestly. The yeah. Gulf War, in my mind, gave Americans a taste for like, like man, like we really liked killing uh, like Muslim people, and the Gulf yeah. War. Oh, the Gulf War was over when you know we got a taste of it. You know what I mean? Remember when in um, in a little shop of horrors when Seymour like pricks his finger and then the blood goes into the. Uh, the thing and he was like feed me that, that was, was the, the gulf, gulf war and then the we gulf became war. a bigger and bigger plant inside the basement of that of that uh, thing and, and now uh, iraq doesn't exist pretty much i'm googling yeah. the gulf war mm. and not so the it gulf was during between it was oh, okay it was during uh um hw bush of course they were all during the bushes of course. Oh yeah, the Bushes really love wars in the Middle East. What did they what, really what do? What did the Middle East do to the Bushes? Like, truly, I really want to know. Truly. I think we should go. That should be a, the next. Like, you know, do you know that book, like eleven twenty two sixty three, about like the guy who goes back in time to stop to the stop JFK, JFK assassination? Yeah, it's a Stephen King book. It's really good. It made it into a shitty Hulu show with book? James Franco. Do you guys know that book? I don't know. I don't know any books. It's really good. Actually, it's really good. But all I'm saying is that I think the new go back in time and stop something is like go back in time and stop the bushes from learning about the Middle East. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) 
But it's that's so like not even to give them an information about it. Like just no, like they don't know it exists. Yeah. Like yeah. they like their president, like HW is president, and they're like, oh, this over here on the map. Don't worry about that. We don't even need to think about that. That's not a thing. The Bushes could have really benefited from like my version of. Like, I have David Boreanaz syndrome. My roommate, Rosemary, has Kristen Stewart syndrome, which is a syndrome where whenever David Boreanaz from Buffy the Vampire Slayer appears on my screen, it's, like, static. Like, I have no recognition of what's happening because that man is, like, negative charisma to me. And I cannot, like, bring myself to pay attention to anything he says or does. If we could find a way to make the Middle East really boring to the Bush family in the past. (laughs) I'm sorry, your roommate has that with Kristen Stewart? Yeah. How? I mean, I get it. George Bush is the Osama Bin Laden of America. Right, Patrick? Say it. (laughs) Say it for the camera. I don't don't know what you're even... (laughs) (laughs) Stolen valor! Okay. <laughs> I do we want to uh, talk about this movie? Let's talk about how I okay. So I was text. So I'm I'm an Afghanistan vet. That's probably important in the context of what I'm gonna say. Uh, I was watching this and I was like, oh boy, this movie's been written by someone who's never been anywhere near the military ever for even a minute. And then I googled it. It was like this was written by an Iraq war vet. <laughs> Where is the disconnect? It was written by Colin Powell. There's so many scenes. Written by Dick Cheney. There's so many scenes where I'm like, that's not how the military works. That's like what? What were those scenes? Yeah, I want to know. I'm curious. I'm curious. Like like the fucking range at the beginning. Like you don't just like call a big, hey, come here, shoot this target. Okay, cool. Moving on. Like it's it's the whole fucking like you have live ammo and shit. There's so many more like precautions you have to like get like rotted in and out of the range and you go and you all go in a group and like people don't shoot when you're moving around and they're just like we gotta do this scene real quick come here main character fire three rounds and then get up and then the (laughs) other guy will fire one round and that way we know that you're soldiers i guess (laughs) it felt very video game i thought it looked very video game it was very you know you know what i was thinking during this movie is that for last week's movie triple x the return of xander cage uh (laughs) the characters had like hand signals when they wanted to tell somebody when to shoot I was yeah. thinking that maybe some of these characters could have benefited from some of those, or maybe They're like not something, X, though. or maybe They're something not. that's like used in the military for I, you know coordination or whatever. I feel like I should say so. I am a veteran of high octane uh, FBI missions, so <laughs> that comes into play with this. And I will say a lot of Triple uh, X, uh, the entire trilogy. Just it was very inaccurate to how I run high octane FBI uh, missions. How how do you run the high octane FBI missions? Like if, if I'm if I'm uh, if if I'm what's it called driving a, a Lamborghini off the side of a bridge and but hooking it onto a parachute on the way down, I'm hooking the parachute on before I leave the bridge, not while it's over and I'm over the water. It's just that's crazy what yeah. he does. You I was know? thinking. That, and you don't have sex with anybody on the missions. That's rule number one because you don't want to fall in love. I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same rule in the military as this movie, clearly. <laughs> Never fall well, in love. <laughs> wait, that's will- another thing. Can we talk about how about what the deals with ladies and like how they are they're like sexy dances in in the Gulf War? 
I like yeah, did, none did you of go them. to military dances? Uh, no. In, in, in Afghanistan? <laughs> what I the just, fuck was like, that scene where they're like in a dance and then and then explosions start? And I was like, wait, y'all are doing this in Iraq? Like you're having a fucking, <laughs> you're having an Iraq prom? Like what the fuck? And they're like drinking and shit. They're like, oh, we better get our gear on. I'm like. Wait, so that never happens. And like, I, this is a dead serious. We like, had, what is the, what we is had, the man, guy, girl, like, you know, what is that situation like? I mean, I, when I was in, it was 2000. This movie was for like 2004, 2005. So women weren't in combat roles. So I, uh, when I was there in 2010, the bigger bases had women because they would be in support roles like nurses and supply and, and whatever. Anything that isn't considered a not, the only combat roles are like artillery, infantrymen, tankers, people who are like directly interfacing with bad guys. And then anyone who has a different job that doesn't involve pulling a trigger uh, as support. So it makes sense that she's a nurse or a medic or whatever the fuck she is, because she has absolutely no lines. So you have no idea who she is as a person besides just a sexy lampshade to die. Does this movie pass the Bechdel test? Is the Bechdel test the one where uh, someone- It doesn't. It cut does off? The moms only talk about the sun. Yes. So at no point it, in this movie- It would if they oh, yeah. didn't, if they weren't talking about their kids, yeah. <laughs> Does Jennifer Aniston have a, have a first name in this movie? Maureen. Jennifer. Maureen. Oh, yeah. Okay, Samantha. <laughs> it's Maureen Murphy. Did you not watch with Amazon? I watched. <laughs> it told me. One, Did one ever, time. Do you know oh. anyone had sex in Iraq? Right I here? mean, yeah, people, people had their, uh, like, people paired up. Uh, mm-hmm. We had, the only time I could think of anything even similar to, like, a school dance <laughs> was one time they had an there's like an army band like the, the people play instruments in the military there's like a, an official band and then like sometimes they i don't know if this was these people's job but there was like a rock band composed of four soldiers that travels around afghanistan and plays shows for morale and they came to our base and we all very tentatively watched them play music while we were like god at any second we're gonna get blown up <laughs> oh they're playing like low music no, they played, they just played like a rock and roll concert in our mess hall. And we were like, hey, listen, we get attacked a lot. So, you know, uh, be careful. Wow. That is hilarious. That's terrifying. That's oh, it was. insane. That's the scariest thing I've ever heard. Why didn't you guys just not have the concert? Wait. Mer- I don't know. Was the concert bringing any attention to the rock, to like, you guys are, no. Uh, not really. I mean, they know where you are. They, uh, like, it's no. a base that doesn't move. It's not like they're like, oh, <laughs> where are the Americans? It's like, we're pretty dug in. <laughs> Oh my god. They know where to drop their mortars. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. I liked uh, how uh Iraq? That's sorry, that's my last question. What was it? Did you have did you have sex in Iraq or Afghanistan? No, I was on a base with like five I don't know, three hundred dudes and three women or something to that effect. So no, I, I didn't uh I didn't I feel off. bad for the women there. Yeah. I they, they, like they, those seemed, odds. they seemed pretty happy with those odds. Uh, I guess you're right. Oh man! Yeah. Wait, so they, were they hooking up with people? Oh God, yeah. I mean, wow. like if you like, well, sure. If you want, like, it's yeah, it, they're picking the litter also. Yeah, you get to you get to pick your favorites, and then it's like you get some comfort in the desert. Lots of people, especially married people, would would uh, would pair up while they were overseas. What? But what about the commitment to love? 
He said, especially married people. No, I know. What about the commitment they made to each other? He's just astonished. A lot of folk uh, have this have this odd notion that what happens in the desert stays in the desert. And they were like, this doesn't count. It's at war. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny because it's that and PTSD. (laughs) Yeah. Those two things that, okay, sorry. I feel like I'm derailing this conversation a little bit. No, I mean, it, at least it's vaguely on topic. I mean, usually we're talking about completely separate things from the movies. So. We spent about oh, half of our Krampus episode talking about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which that makes sense. I have not really seen. Uh, yeah, well, you need to really see it. I like Because it's, it's war. I'm wow. just kidding. That was bad to say. <laughs> I was just trying to hey. connect it. <laughs> I like. Get down, get down with the sick. I liked how the moms in this movie had the strongest accents. Uh, the two main guys seemed randomly to be... southern, and no one else was. Yeah. Yeah. No. no, but they were like, "I'm here to act," no. and I'll do. They were. Aaron Reich and the other guy were like, "We're just gonna." Oh. I I remember this thing about him. So I so he's I didn't remember that this was him until Patrick pointed out. He was in Solo. Yeah, he's he's young yeah. Han Solo. If you remember, though, so the whole oh. thing about Solo was that uh, the first time they, they it was this movie that they had a bunch of like production problems with, and one of the problems was that he was a terrible actor, like a oh. truly, truly terrible actor. And there was this whole thing how he was like it was his first role in anything, and he had just graduated NYU, and at some point they switched directors and it became like Ron Howard took it over at some point. And the only way Ron Howard was going to come on is if he brought like an acting coach with him. So like mid production, they sent this kid like back to acting school essentially while they retooled (laughs) so that he could come back and do solo in like, so they can like reshoot like half of solo in a way that was acceptable. So yada, yada, yada. Of course he sucked ass in this movie. Yeah, he was also in this movie called Beautiful Creatures, uh, which is like, I think that either he falls in love with a vampire or like he's a vampire that somebody falls in love with. It was like some kind of vampire movie, but it was like truly horrible. He um, seems like a vampire. He's, he has a vampire appeal, like a gaunt, uh, very almost, I would say almost a jaundice vibe to him. Yeah. He's Wait, also a weird, a weird. So this was, this was not before Solo? This Solo was, was like. Solo. Okay. This is the year before, but he might have shot them in the same-ish time. Wait, this mo- this movie, the uh, Yellow Jet Birds, is be- is before Solo. Twenty seventeen, yeah. I'm on and his then, Wikipedia right now. And then Murph yeah. Murph was the guy. He played Cyclops in some of the X Men movies and also Ready Player One. I I like that they they oh, chose yeah. him because. He did Cyclops, so he's always got shit on his face. And then they're like, we need an actor that looks good in a VR mask. And they're like, let's get the guy who had, was Cyclops. He's yeah. covering his upper face. You didn't have to read. They just like watched it. And we're like, yeah. I actually, I didn't, I didn't hate him. He plays a uh, simpering uh, sad boy pretty good. Yeah, he was good in the movie. He was, but I will also say he was the worst part of Ready Player One. Oh yeah, I mean that movie's not good, but like <laughs> I can I argue? Can I, I I that movie is one of those movies that gets shit on a lot that I happen to think is actually pretty fun at the end of the day. Oh sure, it's fun. Yeah. It's just not. It's, it's not, not anything Spielberg. more than that. You really got Spielberg's best. No, it is, <laughs> it is it is baffling that Spielberg has his name on that. It is the least right? Spielbergy thing of all time. It is 
I can I, only think that they were like, listen, Spielberg, we only really need you to come in and shoot like four scenes and the rest is CGI. And he was like, oh yeah, whatever. I've got a weekend. Maybe you think, they, you think that Michael Bay did it and they just fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but they just like put a typo in and they're like, uh, let's just give it to him. I think that Steven Spielberg also just kind of puts his name on stuff sometimes because he was executive yeah. producer yeah. for United States of Terra, which is like a family dramedy. Oh my God, I but, forgot about that. But Diablo said that he was pretty involved oh. in her like exit interview after the Wait, show. Diablo Cody, is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. she wrote United States of Terra. Oh, no way. Maybe which, I will watch United States of Terra. I like her. No, it's, it's great. It's so fucking good. It's and on Tony is, Tony is so good. In oh, it. it's, oh it's, not on, it's not a Showtime thing? It's, it, is, it is Showtime. It's oh, Showtime, I'm thinking but... About, I thought that was an animated movie. I'm thinking of a different thing You're thinking Terra. of Inside Out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a, there's definitely some old weird sci-fi movie about t- something Terra where they have like little flying contraptions or something. The that prelude right. to Avatar. Yeah. Oh my In- god! Did you guys ever see that movie Nine, the animated movie where it's like just a bunch oh, of yeah. apocalyptic oh. little little the, dolls and they yeah, like the ones that are like all die. Together. The little yeah. puppets. That was, that was crazy. That's a terrifying movie for a kid that was marketed. I saw it in eighth grade with all my eighth grade friends and we were like, whoa. Children's movies are often far too dark for children. Yes. But, but they're animated, so whatevs. What is the, le- okay, wait. What is the least accurate war movie? That I wanted to talk to about war movies. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about good ones and bad ones. What That tried to be accurate that wasn't accurate. Oh, I really specifically hate Hurt Locker. I think the Hurt Locker, oh. like the first uh, 30-ish minutes are pretty good. And then it just descends into like, this is not what war is like. <laughs> because a woman wrote it? Did a yeah, woman write a woman, it? A woman directed it and won the only Oscar uh, for directing that a woman's ever won. Is that why you hate it? Yes, yeah, specifically really? that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Talk about stolen value. I, I, don't, I don't understand why people think you can just leave the base in Iraq like there are (laughs) you can't just like walk out into town and then and then yell at a a lady and then like also that's all all serial yell at the lady no and all of uh all of uh the what's his face like who's the guy that walked off the base that got caught oh uh Hawkeye Clint uh, what what is his real name um oh Jeremy Renner Jeremy Renner yeah no 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 no. in real life that guy uh, who abandoned big big case the guy who abandoned oh oh and then he got didn't he get beheaded no 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 no. he came back but it's a question of if he like literally the, the show Homeland is like loosely based off him I think uh it's the uh serial season two it's about him wait Oh, I yeah, I, I, I remember reading that serial season two was about it and then being like, I yeah. should listen to it and then not. It was, uh, what's his Oh, oh, I remember that name. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy that walked off and like joined the Taliban and then eventually like they traded for him to get him back. Or something. But it's a question of whether he joined the Taliban or not. So it was also a question of whether they should give up. Uh, people to get him back and everything. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, while you were in the military, did a guy with a camera ever show up and ask you if it was the most important day of your life? <laughs> right before you assaulted a, a, a bat, went into battle. That was no. a weird scene. And, 
And when, when I was in, they would come up to, and they like, before we went overseas, we got all these briefings about like what to do if some jackass puts, puts a camera in our face. And they were like, don't fucking talk to them. Like, don't say anything. Don't, don't give up mission Intel. Don't just don't just don't. And if you do, uh, wait till someone briefs you on what to say, because we know you're an idiot and we know you'll say some stupid shit and that you'll get put on the air. Yeah, I was wondering during the movie because I feel like I feel like maybe I'm just dumb. Well, no, because I watched this movie while I was completely sober and I still had questions about truly like just the moment to moment what was happening. Um, Maybe it could have been telegraphed a little bit more that the sergeant was like that at his job because I just don't know. Oh, really? I just don't know anything about the war. It was so obvious. When he was like salting the earth and muttering to himself, I was like, well, I also, I guess I just don't know if like, if he was good at a job that I don't like the fact that it exists or not. No, he was, he was pretty obviously nuts. Yeah. I just, I saw that he was nuts, but I also didn't know what he was doing that was out of, like line supposedly besides the, like religious stuff that was, that was weird like, maybe we could have had like um something to compare it to because... like another a, another sergeant comes in and is like you're a fuck up yeah because like, i just a private didn't... scene or something i don't know i would have yeah. been oh like... i don't know if he was like completely incompetent at his job but he was definitely like one of the ones that went full like i i don't i don't know how to describe it but some people go like crazy like war crazy and they like get really into the killing like -hmm. a lot of people go over and they understand that like this is a job and we are at war and like you know we have to fight etc etc you can figure out the morals uh you you know debate that but a lot of people like you know feel bad about what they're doing or or at least conflicted and then some people are like no this is awesome and then and then that guy as soon as he's like salting the earth and like pouring it on bodies i was like oh no oh he's gonna go full full crazy i also i think that with my own personal taste i lean towards movies that are more dialogue driven uh and like basically radio plays that are put on film and I think that I was looking down at my notebook for much of this movie, and then I would look up and be like, oh, did he do something fucked up? Uh, and then, you know, in most cases. Yeah. The answer was well, I'm yes. wondering who it was, like, made for, because it's obviously inaccurate as far as the military goes. He's also, the book is also, I think, told in relatively chronological order, because I was trying- Yeah, the nonlinear thing was very strange. The nonlinear thing I hated. This uh, movie would have been better in order. I yes. agree. The yeah. book is also like poetry. Like a lot of the um a lot of the criticisms of it are that it's too lyrical and like too prose heavy and that it it's a a ver- an Englishman tore it to pieces and was like this mo- this book has the problem of being in love with Ernest Hemingway. And I was like, mm. <laughs> How about how about that British guy get the fuck away from our war? <laughs> <laughs> There, it's their war too. USA gang signs. <laughs> Don't you worry, the British. What is what is the percent? Like, is it is it not that it's? I guess like, is it rare for for guys to? Because you were talking about there's two kinds of people. The people go over there like this is a job that I feel, you know, somewhat bad about, and the people that like really dig into it. Like, how often do people really dig into it? Is it like out of ten people? I out think of twenty it, people. Like, how many I would people? I would say it's more of a spectrum, like anything else. Like. 
people are going to fall somewhere on that line of like how bad they feel and how much they bought into the brainwashing and like how much rah-rah patriotism that they're going to espouse. Some people go and it's, they're like, I hate this. I hate being here. I disagree with what we're doing. And other people were like, yeah, burn it all to the ground. Like that, there was a line that what's his name says, where he's like, I wish they would just bomb this entire place to oblivion. I said that like uh, countless times when I was Mm. in Afghanistan and I was like a medic helping the civilians, but it was still so violent and awful and like uh, foreign, like the culture. And like a lot of it is not comfortable for American sensibilities, like the way they treat women or the way they treat children or the way they just treat dogs. Like they like to beat dogs in front of you. And it's like, oh, I hate this. I hate that you're putting a puppy into a, into a bag and then bashing it because you don't like dogs and yeah. I do but like that's not a good reason to glass a country <laughs> you know no. yeah I also something that I thought was interesting about the sergeant is that he was originally cast as Benedict Cumberbatch but then he had to drop out uh, ostensibly because he kept bringing Sherlock shit onto the set and saying the exposition out loud. Uh, <laughs> Just, uh, is that a joke? I, 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 a joke. I, was, I was talking to Patrick about this, and I think the most interesting thing about this movie is that they got Jennifer Aniston for it. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's is, shocking. How did no. they get Jennifer Aniston? How did I, they get Benedict Cumberbatch? I know was, how. This, this was during that shit. Iraq war. Let's make movies about the Iraq war, regardless of their quality. I mean, like, look at yeah. like what we did with 9-11. Look at all the terrible 9-11 movies that oh came out where they're like, let's put Robert Pattinson in a romantic comedy that ends with 9-11. Oh and that'll, God. I'm sure that'll be fine. What have you seen, have, oh, what the remember me, remember have, me. You, have you seen the Charlie Sheen 9-11 movie? There's a what? It's just called 9-11. It stars Charlie Sheen, and and he's a hero in the World Trade Center. No! (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did see this one. (laughs) It's him and, like, Gina Gershon are in the middle of a divorce. too bad. And Whoopi Goldberg, and they get stuck in, like, an elevator. uh, Yeah. And and Whoopi Goldberg is, like, talking to them through the elevator (laughs) system. And, you know, is saying, you're in danger, girl, and, you know, stuff like that. You're in danger, girl. (laughs) You're in danger, girl. Wait, can we go back to the movie for a second? I got a question. That scene where that guy comes and, like, quotes a bunch of Bible for them before they, like, take that town. Oh, that? Explain that entire... Does that really... Someone comes by and it's like, you guys are the the hammers of Mustafa-lees. No, wait, that's from Cats. That's from uh, a Bible uh, person. Well, uh, so the hammer we, of Babylon shall strike down your enemies on this very day. What that guy was doing is called a pre-mission brief, and we did those before every mission. We would all gather around, and we would get from like twenty to forty-five minutes. They would be like, "We're going here, and we're going to do this, and this is what we're going to do if uh, this happens, and this is what we're going to do if that happens." And uh, sometimes if they're feeling extra froggy, they'd give like a little speech. And uh, that's what this felt like. Like just uh, some random captain being like, and now for my Bible speech. And uh, sure. Sometimes, sometimes, I mean, as, as we all know as comedians, sometimes when you give somebody uh, like 10 minutes or 20 to 45 minutes to just speak, they'll just start talking about things that they shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. 
Did you ever have you ever had a sergeant uh, take out his phone at the end of a speech and go, "What else? What else? What else?" Let's see oh, what no, else. They, uh, oh, what else? They would do it with a little notepad, which yeah. I think is more on brand. They would. Uh, be, talk, okay, what else? What else? Uh, I talked so, about being a shield for your grandparents. I talked about uh, installing the hammer of justice throughout. Great. Uh, what else do I got? I on that like, note, though. Oh, I was just going to say, is there a lot of religious justification that goes on in that kind of situation as well? Um, well, we had like chaplains and stuff that would come by. Um, I don't, uh, I'm trying to think. Was there ever an army rabbi? My dad yeah, is an yeah. army chaplain actually at a VA hospital. There are, there are to my so knowledge. I wonder if there's a lot of religion there. There are, I think, three or four kinds of chaplains. There's like generic Christian, generic um uh uh whatever the other one is jewish uh, no like well there's there's definitely i think there's jewish christian eric jewish maybe muslim no, 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 i, I don't jewish, know if we have muslim chaplains jewish muslim christian and charlie <laughs> charlie chaplain oh. i'm like who my brain went to what we i was like you mean what we called the Viet Cong? ha Um, that was funny. Why did no one laugh at that? <laughs> I acknowledged. I went. I don't get it. Yeah, I was tired. You guys need to live, laugh, love, baby. <laughs> I'm never. I'm 14 years old. Um, I wonder. I wonder if I'm Iraq. Beer. <laughs> Iraq is more like the Fertile Crescent and like the birthplace of humanity and all that jazz as opposed to Afghanistan, which is none of those things. So maybe like being in Iraq feels more biblical than yeah. Afghanistan. And that tracks. That's what's great about Iraq. In Afghanistan, you know, you're just hitting mountains with, with mortars and stuff like that. In Iraq, you really got to take out some good landmarks. History. History was taken out, not just the people. And that's the importance. <laughs> so <laughs> what's the best war movie? would you think as far as accuracy slash like just good the, the most best war the most accurate <laughs> depiction of war i've ever seen is the hbo miniseries generation kill Ooh. really which is about the invasion of iraq from a rolling stone reporter who was like embedded with the marines and that mm. is so like scarily accurate to what it's like like the way the soldiers are the way they talk to one another the way the combat is portrayed the way that they react to the way that like it all of it is like we watched it while we were there and we were like oh well this is this is spot the fuck on hmm that must be so weird like watching it while you're there yeah. yeah, we were pretty. You're, you're. A lot of it is like you're trying to hype yourself up to being like, yeah, it's we're, it's good that we're. You're trying to suppress yeah. the like, this is bad, and we don't want to be because you got to stay there, and you're yeah. trying to like get hype, uh, you know. So is so is war media like prominent when you're, a, abroad. We watched a lot of war movies and TV shows and like combat related stuff to get like, jazzed about it, so that we would go and do it that makes sense now that i think about it yeah you want to like we we, i uh i've discovered this working with my co-host on our own podcast where like i don't know a lot of anti-war movies i only know the pro the movies where they're like Mm. here's a bunch of soldiers doing cool war shit 
and it's justified and they're heroes. I did not watch a lot of movies that were like, maybe war is bad and maybe the soldiers are like, nope, we didn't, we strayed way away from that. We were like, yeah, full metal jacket. We got to stop the Germans. I just realized to do that. That's the wrong. You were, you were in Afghanistan when hair came back to Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) What was that like? (laughs) Hair when it came back to Broadway. I had a friend no, who no, saw no, it I eighteen saw it. times. I saw. I I saw it. With, I I remember. I was recently back from. I lived in Israel for a year, and I was super religious. And I went to see it. And I went to see it with someone who was also very very religious. And she was like, "By the way, there's a part in this where people get naked." And then we both agreed to look away when people got naked. Oh, oh my, my God. God! Can I? That's tell the you? only reason to go see Hair. Okay, Hair is the one that starts yeah. with the Age of Aquarius, right? <clears throat> yes. Okay, so I've only ever seen Hair at a community theater production that I went to with my ex when I was in theater, and it. Let me tell you. First of all, all white cast. Yep. Uh, uh, no, sorry. Hold As on. it should be. There were two Hispanic uh, actors that they put into the black roles, and then they changed the wording so that they could use Hispanic slurs as opposed to black slurs. And let me tell you, when I say it did not work. Wait, isn't there a song that's just like I like chocolate men, chocolate men? Yep. Like, is it? Yeah. Wait, it so sure what do they say for that? Uh, caramel uh, men, for, caramel brown, men. Something yeah, brown was it man ca- or something. Oh no, light brown man. And then oh um, the part of the movie, hold on, so it gets better. We left at intermission because at intermission, they, there's supposed to be like, a graphic sex scene. And the director of the show, uh, like they stopped the show and the director walked out and directly spoke to the audience and was like, listen, there's supposed to be a sex scene here, but we're not going to do it. And we were like, all right, whatever. But then instead, they had the entire cast come out acting kind of like, curious children and they all sat on the stage and then they just played graphic violent vietnam imagery onto a projector while all of them just watched quietly and i'm talking like maimings and like burning children and like just like the most graphic (laughs) vietnam imagery and 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 for for no reason like there was no there nothing got done it was just this horrible production of hair where none of the kids could sing. And then they were like, we're not gonna show pornography. Here is napalmed children. Anyway, come back for part two. And we were like, okay, we're leaving. So yeah, they I've- did that as a protest to having no sex scene? Have, is that what It's also not even a sex scene. It's just that all the actors come out on stage naked and sing whatever the act one finale is. Like just being, it's more of a nudist scene than anything. They get so naked, they so that makes it super river. weird. Because I think that, because I saw multiple, well, no, not multiple. I saw a, like, youth theater Hmm. production of Hair when I was in high school that my friends were in. And I think that they just, like, had the children come on stage in clothes and sing the Act 1 finale. Like, it was a pretty easy fix. I don't, I I now, I, I probably should see that. What an, what an incredible choice. Now I have choice. a it's, horrifying image of what it is. I fucking, insane. I fucking hate theater. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to, I used to uh, be very big into... Well, do, you, do you know I, I auditioned for Broadway twice? Did I ever tell you that story? What? You ever tell you that you guys want to hear the time I got a call back to Book of Mormon? Are you yes. kidding me? Weirdest story of all time. Yeah. First You're of all, literally oh the most Jewish person I've ever met. I know. I don't even I don't even know what Mormonism is. Uh, <laughs> what do I know of Mormonism? <laughs> no. 
I, uh, okay, so I, I used to be 130 pounds heavier and uh, essentially looked, uh, you know, Josh Gad. Josh Gad, yeah. And uh, I get, so my manager at the time, the commercial agent at the time, uh, sent me out. Uh, and I get there, and it's obvious the casting was just like, who are the chunkiest improvisers in New York City, baby? And I was, <laughs> and it was me and like a bunch of other chunky improvisers. And then I go in there, and then keep in mind, I do not sing. Oh, I, that's just like that's important to remember. I'm not like a Broadway person. I go in there, and it's it's just like reading script sides that I can do. And then it was singing 18 bars of this song, "Man Up." Yeah. Uh, but the thing about "Man Up" is that it's basically a Nickelback song, and I can like <laughs> sing. Nickelback. So I was just like, "Man Up," "Man Up," whatever. So that's I get to exactly it. how the song. Yep, goes. that's yeah. that's accurate. So I get a callback to "Book of Mormon." So oh I go, but the thing is, the second thing they wanted me to do was, to, it was like, a, I had to sing, like, part of the, there's a duet between uh, right. Josh Gad and um, whoever. Andrew Reynolds. No, 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 no. The one about Baptize Oh, the woman? Oh, Baptize the woman. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget her name. Oh, it's, I forget uh, her name. I, whatever, it, it's, but she was, it's like a musical song. It's like a song yeah. that requires talent. It's a song o song. Only way it's like a song, yeah. It's like a song you need to know what songs are to do. <laughs> Harmonies and exactly. So the what happens next is that she goes up there and she's like, and I'm like, and I don't get it. We could tell yeah. by how you described what music sounds like. You know, you know what they cast from that? They cast Ben Platt. How the fuck was I gonna get cast in that <laughs> round? When he got in that show, he, he was—he played the fat guy, and that was an issue because he yeah. is not a fat guy, and that was a Broadway problem. He it did. Was, yeah, they yeah, added him. Oh, that's like, really fucked up. That was—I was, was, remember Brett Gowan went to go see him, and then came back and wrote like a really long Facebook status after seeing Ben Platt in Book of Mormon, saying like Ben Platt is the future of Broadway. Listen ben to Platt me now. Played Josh Gad? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the, it was, it was a little bit, it was a controversy because you yeah. have to cast for specific sizes and stuff like that. Sure. And Josh Gad, they like, it, they padded him up. It looked like. Well, yeah. AJ the Holmes thing with, the thing played with that, that part and, and he's, he looks like me. So I'm okay with that. Literally looks exactly like you. Yeah. The thing with the Ben yeah. Platt thing was that he was originally cast in the Chicago production of Book of Mormon. Yeah. So they were just making like new costumes That's and then they invited him. For. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that so then they like invited him to come mm. Broadway. I, I, it might've been based on the success of the Chicago no, that's the, production. The way that it works is that, the way that I, it was explained to me was that they were gonna put, it was the first, the first place they were doing it not in New York was Chicago. Right. You remember, remember Book of Mormon when it came out was like a massive cultural, yeah. it, you know, if they started doing half, when they moved Hamilton to another theater nationally, like that was like a big moment. So that when they moved it to Chicago, the understanding was that you would be in Chicago for a little bit and then you would either join the touring company and then tour as they toured around, or at some point they would like graduate you up into Broadway. Right. So it became like a thing where like all of the, the they, there's like a, a, a pool of Josh Gads that they just like promote through. <sighs> yeah. Josh yeah, Gad is was, so lame now. Josh, there was, right? 
there was this guy who we went to Marymount with who told people that he had gotten offered a role in Book of Mormon on Broadway as the Josh Gad role, but declined it to go to Marymount Manhattan College and get his bachelor's degree. I call bullshit. Who is this? Who is this? I'm going to pause before I say it and then pause after so that it's easier to edit it out. I used, to, I used to be a musical uh, improv. So it, after I did the Book of Mormon thing, I ended up doing like musical improv. And then I was on like musical improv house teams in New York City. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, those eight, some of the most intense people you will ever meet in your entire life is people <laughs> taking musical improv seriously. And I loved it. It was the most fun. And I definitely loved the people I, that I did musical improv with. But man. Were you on the team that beat us at Cage Match, me and Sam? Wait, what team were you no. on? <laughs> oh. uh, you guys did improv? Yeah. Musical improv? Not musical no, improv. But we but... were in cage match and we were beat by a musical improv team. Which team? Rumble Teaser? Uh, yeah. No, that, I was on that team. I, that's Cats the UCB reference. team, though. Yeah. yeah. I was on a bunch of magnet teams and stuff like that. We were indie. We were indie and we won the first one because the person we, the team we were against was uh, one person yeah. that day. Huh. Can and you we imagine? Also... <laughs> brought 60 people can you imagine doing improv nowadays and how pointless it would feel (laughs) i had a thought last night i missed improv briefly what would you even do a scene about now well i miss doing go corona immediately i miss doing improv pre-race it it could go racial it could go election it could go hornets you you didn't do happy scenes there was like, this guy in our Improv 101 class who on the first day we had to get up and do a monologue about something that annoyed us. And it was the first day, this like 50-something-year-old guy. And he went up and he was like, so my soon-to-be ex-wife, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say cunt, but... <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, nice. Maurice. It was the first words he ever spoke to us. Every Improv class had one older guy who this was, they were going through something. And this yeah. was to oh, fix yeah. whatever they were going through. Mm-hmm. They were the one that would show up in a suit and they would take off their suit jacket to do the scene and then they would put their suit jacket on when they would sit back down. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, so accurate. <laughs> and you're like, why are you, you have a kid in, in middle school at least. Why are you uh, doing this, bro? My, my dad does improv. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I was incredible at improv and I don't mind saying that because it is the most pointless thing to be good at. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't say that with any amount of pride or anything. I was remarkable at improv. And you guys see it. You guys have talked. You know, you, you know me. I could be great at improv. No, it's the most useless thing to be good at. Like, totally, totally, totally. My, my life, career, I, as a person, I lost weight when I stopped doing improv. Everything got better when I stopped doing improv. And I mean that, <laughs> no, not sarcastically. Career shot up when I stopped doing improv. Yeah, I, when I stopped doing improv. The global pandemic happened oh. immediately after. So you went our, too long. Our our improv team dissipated about a week before Corona hit. So we never had to announce it. We never had to announce it on our team Instagram page. I, improv. That, that's so good. You avoided that. Your fans would have been. Uh... We did oh, have some. Been, Heartbroken. We did have fans. That's that, that is a truth. It was we just did. the team members, significant others. But not even. <laughs> we actually had people like mentioning our group. Oh, there in, was like, some like classes uh, and stuff. Because 
Because in UCB, movie. they're always saying, like, you know, at any improv school, they're saying go to the shows. Uh, yeah. So people would, like, show up to shows and then as part of, like, their homework that day. I don't know, Sam. I think class. you're underselling. I heard some. You know what? I like, will. You're from that team. Ooh. I will. I'm from I, this team. I will say that most of the people on our team were hilarious, and my hilarious. biggest strength in improv is latching on to those people who are like <laughs> extraordinary at improv and becoming friends with them, and then they would put me on their team. Even but though- Sam, you were really, really your biggest strength was starting scenes and having ideas. Because my biggest I cannot do that for shit. My biggest strength was laughing silently on the back line so that like, you know, the sound wouldn't interfere with the scene, but the audience would know that they were supposed to be laughing. <laughs> oh yeah, you held up the cards that said laugh here. Mm-hmm. You were really good at a couple very specific things in this art form that uh, is pointless. <laughs> speaking uh, of, speaking yeah. of pointless, Tony Collette. Hey! God damn it. Full we haven't sure. even talked about her literally this entire time. I have so many, I have so many, oh, yeah. I really want to make fun of this movie more. I, I love, yeah. yes. it, I love shitting on improv, but like, I hate this movie and I need people to know about it. Thank you for, un- okay. for tell us some, that improv conversation. Tell us some more things that you hated about the movie and then we'll ask you if you've ever done it. I, I have a question about the movie. Why was that guy in prison in the end? Oh, um... Because he lied, I think. About what, though? What well, About the body. <clears throat> this, is, this, this is explained in the book. They find the body, they lie about having found it, and then Jen Aniston makes, like, a fuss saying, what happened to my son? How does somebody just go missing? So they found out they lied, and then uh, he has to go to prison for lying, I, is what I thought. Was that, it not, but, I thought it was because the sergeant executes a guy. He, like, executes a civilian. He's an old Muslim guy. They don't count, you idiot. Can I can I say, and I hope this doesn't come off offensive, none of the Iraqis looked like they were Iraqi. Like they, they did all not. looked super white. And I was like, yeah. and they none of none of them had like big Middle Eastern beards. And I was And they like, also had like extremely old Iraq like um people play that woman and the guy they killed. I, like and very aged and the strange. Whole thing was he had like Vancouver. he had like a little mustache, and I was like, I I mean, I'm not saying they never do, but like, <laughs> I, there's a lot of beards, and like, yeah, they look, you know, like they've been out in the Iraqi sun all day. <laughs> I was just like, wow, these are some whitewashed. <laughs> these are the whitest Iraqis I've ever seen. Yeah. Got on a soundstage in Atlanta. Wait, so I'm, um, so he went to prison for lying about what they did with the body? I think they went to prison because they executed a guy and then- Well, the, the sergeant uh, died by suicide. And that, then- Yeah. And then they, and then they took um, in a, in Han Solo. In a supermarket parking lot. What yes. the fuck? Why? First of all, the line super, that they set that up with- Super quick as well. They, like I wrote it down- 2020. And- took himself out of the game, which yeah, is the oh worst God. way to describe suicide I've ever heard. <laughs> he benched himself. He really, yeah. I, I'm yeah. like, oh, hold on. Earlier, you tried to make it, he was like, do you have any kids? And he's like, I have half a million kids. And I'm like, okay. Oh my God, That shit was so stupid. Stupid but line. Tony was like, but then he's, no. he's referring to soldier suicide as taking yourself out of the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking what? And then in a supermarket? 
What is the symbolism there? Why? <laughs> but they, here's the thing, though. Also, about it is unclear if he was kill, if he killed himself to escape having to go to prison or because of guilt for whatever they did. I don't. It was unclear to me why they were acting this way. And he didn't act both. like he was guilty at any other point because they yeah. showed him how he responded to a kid violently dying in front of him, and it was basically like, yeah. <sighs> I know he was like he didn't they poop care about themselves. that. <laughs> Fun fact: they shit themselves when they die. Did, did that line need to be here? I was like, oh. Wait, my so what? So he goes to prison for killing the guy or for the body thing? Do we? Know? I think I. I feel yeah. like for the body thing, because the only person who he really tells about um, that guy that they executed is Jen Aniston. Yeah. And if the whole investigation is about finding her missing son, I don't think that the military even knows about the guy. No, the because he would have just been a random body by the river. Like, it yeah, wasn't like- yeah. There's no, there's no way to like really tie it to in like a court of law. You'd the punishment is that they lied that he, you know, that they covered it up and they didn't bring the body like, back um, to be like with the honorable offense. funeral or whatever. I it guess. might be like a like um God. What's it like not interfering with like a military police investigation, but uh, like not cooperating? Was it clear that he was like in prison or was he just in like a military prison he's, because they he were was in a stockade? He said he's, he's just in like a place and he's talking to Tony Collette on the phone and she's like, well, are you coming home anytime soon? And he's like, I think this is home for now. And I was like, what? And then I Googled Yellowbird synopsis because I had no way. First of all, it was the it's same, not on Wikipedia. It was, it's not on Wikipedia. And also it was the same no. set from their like on for, from their like uh like in the United States base in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it was. And then I and then I looked at this book synopsis and it turns out there's so much stuff that happens in the book that isn't in the movie. And personally, I mean, the original cut of the movie was an hour and 50 minutes and then they cut it down to like an hour 35. I'm glad that they Thank cut it down. Which, um, yeah, I have trouble believing that anything that they cut would have done more to uh, explain this like, really feels like one of those movies that no one wanted to make it and somehow it just like enough it just got enough people checked off like yeah fine like i, I feel, feel like, like this was not pushed into being made i feel like this just happened to have gotten made because that's the way that hollywood kind of functions like they needed we need, yeah. a war, we need a war script for this kid who can we attach to it yeah well and, and on the jennifer aniston subject earlier like why she did this i feel like this was her like era of trying to get like nominated for Oscars and like trying to say like, Hey, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not just with Adam Sandler. I'm, you know, let me do this thing. Let me do this thing. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, and Tony I, just does whatever the fuck shows up in front of her. She's like, okay, whatever. I, Can I do I, an accent? I totally get it. it's an agent going to Jay, Jay Stan and being like, Hey, I've got a movie where you're a sad mom whose kid died in Iraq under confusing circumstances. And you're going to get to do a scene where you get a letter in the mail and you collapse into the street. And, and we're going to linger on that for a while. <laughs> yeah. She was great in that scene. I like that scene. I, Do I have to work more than three days? You have to work only two and a half, Jen. Don't worry <laughs> about it. I was about to say, I don't think that Tony had more than like a week of shooting for this. No. So she was I, only that in that house, really. Yeah. really yeah, except for when was, she was briefly at the airport. I don't, I don't know. think she was there for more than three. She could, uh, more than three days of stuff. 
I don't know if it's because the point of the podcast is to pay attention to Tony Collette, because otherwise I would have forgotten she was in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I actually really enjoyed all of her scenes. Like, no, she's I, good. It was pretty, I mean, I wrote down, this movie is so goddamn ham-fisted. Uh, but when he like has his little PTSD moment and chokes his mom, I was like, I mean, you didn't earn this, but okay. <laughs> I I liked her acting in it. Yeah. And I liked, I liked how like the... She's a great actress. Good for her. I felt very... That's why he went to prison, for being a real dick. I was very... I felt very protective of her uh, to the point that I felt ableist, where I was like, does he even feel bad about, like, hitting his mom? Which, to be honest, I mean... Same, though. He could have apologized. I know he had PTSD. She tells him not to apologize. Yeah, but the the implication with... uh, She says a couple... Her whole point is... She doesn't even have her own personality in this in my head. Her whole point is just to be like, wow, my boy changed. Every yeah. scene she has is just saying, you've changed. My boy changed. What do you do to my yeah. boy? Like, she I just yeah, think that's true. Purpose. It's, it's, I feel bad because he had PTSD, obviously, and I don't want to judge anybody. But because of the writing of this, every time he did something mean to his mom or his friends, I would literally roll my eyes. I was <laughs> yeah. like, there, because it was also, I didn't know what happened. He like, the movie didn't tell me yet. So I'm just like, you're being such a dick. Oh, in a, in a uh, way, this movie would probably be better if Tony was the main character because at this mm. point, it does seem like she is a bit of an audience surrogate for us. Because yeah. it's yeah. just him being an asshole and then her a scene later talking to Jenna Aniston or talking to the military guy going like, so my son's being an asshole. The more difficult movie to write, but the better movie to write would have been her as the main. You're right, a thousand percent. I would totally watch a movie about a mom who's dealing with the fact that her kids got like bad PTSD. That's yeah. a better movie. If we're gonna do this stupid plot of unearned whatever, then I'd rather deal with the mom. I'd rather deal with the mom who's dealing with the fact that her kids saw a, a semi-castrated guy. My, just do the war flashback at the end. Just my, give give everyone more lines. Yeah, like just yeah. stop. There was a scene where he's staring at the sun and like falls asleep while walking. That scene didn't need to happen. And why is this scene in every fucking war movie where someone looks up to a tree with sun? I I I uh, well, as someone with PTSD, um, I <laughs> stolen I, valor, stolen valor. I this movie wanted to be so many goddamn different things, and it's yeah. like. If you want to do a movie about the complexities of PTSD and the way it damages everyone around you, sure, I'll watch. And uh, like, and like, you don't like the protagonist, but you kind of get it. And it's like, it's awful seeing him just destroy his friends and family. It's fine, make that movie. But you, but no, it's like this weird murder mystery sort of where like you don't even know something happened he's just being a dick and you're like oh i guess iraq sucked and then and then it's like yeah. oh no it's way worse than you could have possibly imagined but we Wait, they didn't even sorry. like they didn't even like okay i laughed out loud when he walked into the river like when <laughs> oh my his, god when he's looking at his girlfriend and i was like all right buddy you're being a bit of a stalker and then he just <laughs> calmly walks into the river. I was I was dying. I was like, what the fuck is this? Also, Staring you, into her eyes. Also, in the world, like, okay. The- and then he drowns? You don't, know, you don't know why he's walking to the river until later on. That scene would have been 10 times better if they showed that river shit at the beginning. I thought it was because he saw his girlfriend kissing somebody else and also she invited him there she called tony she and she and she was like tell tell han solo that me and so and so are 
going to the reservoir uh, tomorrow <laughs> at three. And Make so out. so he shows up. And it's like, if you think that there's a chance that he might come, why? Maybe don't don't he... mount your mutual friend when you know that he might just be watching you. Why and like, drown do it? Why cheat is on, she in the movie? Like, cheat what? on your cheat on your boyfriend because... at home, like a good fucking friend. Well, she's in the movie because I think every war movie needs to have the girl back home. Yeah. Right, but like they set her up and it's like he has a girl back home and then they they call back to it when the sergeant's like, do you have a girl back home? And he's like, no, maybe, kind of. And then they come home and he's sad about his dead friend. And then and then they're like, also, he's sad about his girl. It's just so many fucking things. It was too many things. You're right. It was very like, and we didn't get to know any of them individually well enough because of that. So it's like, I can't feel bad for anybody really because I don't know what exactly is happening at any given moment. Because it's like, then, he's jumping all back and forth and blah, blah, blah. Can and I sergeant, just... like, what's, like, why, okay, bad sergeant, crazy, religious fundamentalism, got it, and then at the end, it's just like, oh, and then he shoots that guy, uh, okay, and, but, but, like, he wasn't, it's not like him and Aaron had a scene, uh, Han Solo had a scene where they're like, we gotta tell people, no, we don't, uh, the bed, whatever, yeah. it's just, he just, he gets home, and you see him, and he, He's like, I'm nobody's sergeant anymore. And then he shoots himself at a fucking- They didn't even meet in a diner for coffee and like talk about it. That should have happened. I I think also a better move, if they're going with this stupid plot to have it more of a mystery for where this kid is, it's not were If they were in the first scene to be like, we don't know where this kid is. And then just have like, and it was unclear that this kid was missing through half of it. And then it's more unclear that these guys have anything to do with it until like a little bit later. I just I, thought I thought he was gonna die in like a friendly fire. Yeah, I thought this yeah. was gonna be like nobody will say what happened to him. Obviously he's dead. I didn't think it was like he was missing. I thought it was gonna be like, oh, I fucked up and I didn't shoot. There was also a scene where I thought they were setting something up where uh, Han so they're like pinned down in a field and they're shooting at the windows and the the innocent kid, Redder Player One, kills a guy and he's like, oh, I got him. And then Han Solo like goes to shoot the other guy. And he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then the, the terrorist yeah. shoots their buddy. And I was like, okay, here we go. He didn't fire, and, but the other kid did. And now we're going to do this thing. Yeah. No, that's a good scene, by the Completely way. Completely useless scene because they wait, just wait, I, fuck on. It was I, a good scene, but it was never addressed or followed up on. I, yes. do, I agree with that it was, it was a very intense. Uh, that's probably the only good part of this movie was mm-hmm. when he was staring at this guy dying, like right in front of him. Nothing else is, it's never referenced. Also, they had, it seemed that he had narcolepsy and that was going to be a big thing, right? Like he was asleep in almost every, like, cut back to the flashback. (laughs) He was like waking up in in the middle of battle. Like he would be falling asleep in the car, in the middle of like a mission. And I was like, oh, that's how he's going to die. He's going to like fall asleep and get shot. But I'm like, no, he wanders away and gets castrated by who knows. Like, did he that is fall, not did he set fall up. asleep or did young no, Han Solo It was Han Solo was falling asleep yeah. and the really? other one, I think. Yeah. No, I think oh, they right, both right, fell right. asleep at different times. Also, but okay. I, they also look a lot alike. alike. My, well, all soldiers, when you buzz their heads, kind of look a little yeah. bit alike. Well, I know, but I'm like, can it, one of them at least be like black or something? Like, I, I, just I that was know. that was my thing. I thought particularly that Han Solo and the sergeant <clears throat> looked identical, yeah. and I constantly thought that the sergeant was Han Solo and that Han Solo was the sergeant, and like all the other ways around. Like this, this, this movie. I'm just gonna say it gaslighted the fuck out of me. 
I think that the sergeant was in, like, wasn't he in Blue Mountain State or something like that? I recognized him, which is the only reason why I was able to tell him apart. Oh, he's he on, he's on Fargo. He's in, what is he? I think he's the guy, he's like the quarterback guy in Blue Mountain State. I could be wrong, but that's who I thought he was. So that was how I got around. I want to know why he shaved his fucking sideburns so high and looked like an idiot the whole goddamn movie. I was like, what the fuck are you? And they looked, they were like uneven. And I was like, somebody come and unfuck this guy. That's how you know. That's how you know that he's crazy. Because like, not, yeah, he shaved his sideburns it's so very goddamn. telegraphed. Now that what I think that about whole it. scene about shaving just to prove that kid was young? Is it that was shocking? weird? I felt like it was weirdly homoerotic too. I mean, maybe like, I read that into a lot of things, but I was like, "What's <laughs> well, going the, no, on?" Because he was wrong. like, "He it's treats us so special, you know. Why does Sergeant treat us so special?" Now that I, I think I about know. it, the sergeant being insane was absolutely telegraphed from almost his very first appearance, and yeah. uh, I was wrong earlier. But <laughs> in some scenes, I just couldn't recognize that I was him. So I think that was probably yeah what it was. I don't, is it shocking to people that kids join the military at 18? That, that, I was like, yeah, no shit. That's yeah, when you're no. allowed to join. I was, I was more shocked when he says that he has physically never shaved before in his life. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> to be fair, when like, I was in basic training, neither did I. Really? I didn't what? have to. I didn't really grow, I didn't really start growing facial hair until I was like in my mid 20s. You're like the Actually, least warish person I know. How the hell did you end up in Afghanistan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> there's lots of ways. That's a general. That's a general there are a question. lot of ways. Oh well, there was there was that line uh, about midway through the movie when the uh, like crime investigation guy shows up and he says to Tony Collette, he says, "I'm not a recruiter. I'm one of the good guys." Because mm. recruiters are famously like, you know, they like lie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see uh, the, the Broadway musical, uh, uh, Gr- the Green Day American Idiot musical? Yes, all? I have is a bootleg like, of it on my computer. Well, I that scene <laughs> with, with the uh, uh, the uh, perfect sun, the song perfect, the perfect sun song. Yeah, that's like a super intense scene where it's basically like a war commercial, but you don't know it's a war commercial. That's right. That's right. Um, and then you get recruited. Wait, wait, your recruiter lied to you? My recruiter? Well, yes and no. So when I I got recruited into the Connecticut Army National Guard. And the National Guard isn't supposed to go to war. You're supposed to just guard, you know, guard the nation. It's in the name. And yeah. when I joined, it was at a, I, I was at my, I was at my college orientation. Like for what I went to Eastern Connecticut State University. And when I went, when I was like 18 and they had to stay over for the summer before the, um, the semester started for two days. Like we slept in the dorms and we got to, we did like, what's your name? Let's talk in a circle, you know, like an orientation thing. And I got separated from my group. And I accidentally wandered into a recruiter and huh. he's like, hey there, hey there, you want to join the military? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, I'll give you $20,000. And I was like, okay. And so I, uh, I joined immediately. Whoa. And, yeah. but he was like, listen, here's what we're going to do. You're, we're going to have you become an officer, which takes like four years. So we're going to have you go to training and then you'll come back and you'll be in the ROTC and you'll finish college and then you'll get your commission. And by then the war will be over and you'll never have to go. And maybe there are people who do that path and they don't go to war. Once I got to basic training, I was like, oh, I don't like what officers do, but I do like being a medic. So I just uh, stuck to that, and then I got obviously deployed as a medic in a, a couple yeah. years later. But I, but you didn't expect to be going to. You said you were like doing National Guard stuff. How did you? Yeah, I didn't. 
I didn't expect to go. Well, when I got to basic training, there was a very funny day where we were all sitting there and the drill sergeants came out and they went, who here thinks they're not going to war? And a couple people raised their hands and they went, why do you think that? It was like National Guard reserves or whatever. And he was like, hey, guess what? You're going to war. Oh, fuck. That that, and then another, there was another day that I particularly enjoyed where he made us all line up and he walked down the line and he looked at each person and said, what job did they give you? And they would go, I'm a, I'm a 68 uh, Charlie. I'm in charge of this multiple missile system or whatever. And he'd go, nope, you're going to kick indoors. And he'd go to the next guy. I was like, what job did they give you? And he's like, I'm going to be an admin. And they're like, nope, you're going to kick indoors. And then he got all the way to me after telling literally every single person, like, nope, you're wrong. You're going to kick indoors in Iraq. He got to me and he's like, what do you do? And I was like, I am going to be a medic. And he went, you are going to do your job. And then he went on to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess that makes me special. <laughs> Yeah. This is psychotic. This is absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, dude, it's the military. Yeah. When we, this was, I joined in 2006. So that was like, what, three years into the Iraq invasion and things yeah. were not going well, which is why they made me a medic because uh, a lot of medics died in the invasion. Did, did you ever, okay, here's my question. Did, were you ever given a chance to like not go or like once you were in like? No, God, no. So no, once, once you, you're in, you're pretty much, you're, you're pretty much locked in. I mean, so your government guy, property. But once that, from the moment that guy was like, I'll give you 20 grand. Oh, like, nah. Technically, the National Guard gets two chances. You sign up when you go to MEPS, you swear in. But you, until you leave for training at any point, you can be like, they don't really tell you. They're not, like, they don't make a big push to let you know that you can just be like, I've changed my mind. But <laughs> until you go to basic training and you sign on the dotted line, you can leave. But if you, as soon as you get to basic, you are government property. And if you leave, it's a dishonorable discharge, which will fuck you for life. And what, oh wait, how, why? Oh dude, you cannot get a job if you have a dishonorable discharge. You can't even work at McDonald's. Wait, it's, what, that's on your, like, it goes on what? It's like a permanent record that follows you around. It's like a government record that you have a dishonorable discharge. How do they, they Google you, it's just like on there? I, I don't know exactly. I think the, it's if a job, uh, if you get check. like a background check. Yeah, if you yeah. get a background check, they'll find out and they won't. Oh I God. Specifically, I think Disney hires dishonorable discharged veterans because Walt Disney really either was one or just hated the government and was like, I'll take them. Yeah, so there was like this. Um, jobs you can do. Jimmy Kimmel's there, entire staff is dishonorable discharged. Yes, there was this uh, guy who I used to kind of work with. Like I used to be a receptionist at a different law office than the one I'm at right now. And my main job was to find notaries to go out to like loan closings to like notarize the documents. It's the most like bullshit job. You get a hundred dollars to like print out an 80 page document and tell somebody how to sign their name. But our notaries had to go through like background checks. And there was this guy who would never send in his background check and I had to keep bugging him to send it in. And then my boss pulled oh. me aside and was like, hey, he got dishonorably discharged from the military, so we're not going to ask him to do a background check. And then it turned out he was dishonorably discharged for like something stupid. That happens I think, too. Yeah, like he what? might. I think that he might have like tried like quit like earlier. Smoking. Can you get that for like smoking weed? It might have been weed. for smoking weed. Some like... It was, it, it was something that, like, wasn't a thing. Sometimes people just get, like, I mean, like, the military can just 
fuck your whole life up and like everyone's vaguely aware of that and like knows one guy that really like we had a fuck up like a real bad fuck up and every mission we went on he like okay just 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 to give the idea we went on like an air assault mission which means you get on a bunch of helicopters you fly to another place and then you get off a bunch of helicopters so like it's important you bring your shit with you and he was the medic for the mission and he didn't bring his goddamn medical bag like he forgot to bring honestly me are you are you ready to go on this dangerous mission where your job is to be the medic and he's like i sure am and they're like where uh, are all your supplies he's like i forgot them and it's like wallet oh, keys yeah. phone uh Which, what did they do then he got well uh, well he just got relieved of duty a bunch of times overseas and just moved from place to place but when we got home from the war he smoked a bunch of weed and then refused to take a piss test which is already bad and then like instead of just coming forward and just being like listen i fucked up what can we do he like tried to get away with it and then mm. they they piss tested him and they were like there is more uh, marijuana in this dude's piss than than we know what to do with and of, <laughs> i think maybe some other drugs and they were like yeah you're we're gonna fuck you like we're gonna throw the whole book at you because it'll you know we don't like you already and what's he doing now oh i don't know i think he works at a walmart or something disney he, world he like married a girl who already had a kid and then and then became like a poor stepfather and hell yeah hell yeah i don't, I don't know yeah I, I will say one thing. I, I have a couple of friends coming over in a couple of minutes. I don't, I, is that okay? Let's, I, yeah. I we can like move a on to awards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's move on to awards. Okay. So, uh, Jake, your favorite movie that we've watched so far in this podcast has been Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Is this movie better <laughs> than Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage? Uh, no, I don't think it is. Tony did not fly out of a plane in this one. So Amazing. Okay, so here on the Tony Awards, we give three awards to each and every movie, the first of which is Best Prop. So, Patrick, what was your best prop? Best prop? Oh, um, oh, what was, uh, pass. Come back to me. <laughs> um, my, be my best prop was the inflatable baptism pool. Ha. That's fun. That what is a random. Wait, wait, sorry, oh. did that, does that happen? Do they yeah. baptize? Yeah. Oh, Ooh, there's, I, there's a guy getting baptized yes that's the thing i thought of my answer and it's it's, it's maybe offensive it's okay <laughs> my prop is um putting is the they use jennifer aniston's name <laughs> my, even though my, she's not really part of this movie my favorite prop was the woman that got no lines and died so the main <laughs> character could be sad that's my favorite prop in the movie oh, okay. <laughs> my best prop was actually jennifer aniston as well oh <laughs> Uh, we really all the guys on the podcast. I'm not talking about Jennifer Aniston. I meant I meant the the nurse. Yeah, but we girl. picked a woman. Yeah. Oh wait, she does have one line. She says, "Calm down, soldier." When he's oh, true. When she's oh, pulling yeah. glass out of and his And then butt. she says, "Hurry!" Sexy. When they have her on, when they're transporting her. And she cries briefly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the next award <laughs> is best Tony moment. So, Jake, what was yours? Mine is when Jennifer Aniston is at the door and she just like first, she knows her, she's met her for two seconds and Tony just goes, did your son come back an asshole too? That was mine as well. <laughs> your son a real piece of shit now? And Jen that was is yours like, too? And Jen is like, no, he's missing. And Tony's like, oh. And then Jen's like, oh, come like, in. Yeah. Oh, I guess you can come in. <laughs> 
What Tony was you? vaguely just Buck in this movie. I, I liked. I liked it when Tony Collette told the that uh, the the what was even this fucking guy's job? The not uh, the, criminal not, investigation division. Yeah, the, I, when she told him like you go you 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 gonna kill you ruining my son you ruining everyone's son and then he said back I have five hundred billion sons <laughs> and um her uh, he was just talking about his sperm count. Yeah, her not responding, that's the dumbest thing no. I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life, is acting. Oh, yeah. she. I love that she responded, well, I've just got the one. And I was like, and then she leaves, and I was like, mm. Close the screen door. Uh, uh, was that your best Tony moment, Patrick? That was my favorite Tony moment. Okay. I've just got the one. Realistically, though, there are only, like, two moments. She only has, like, two to- moments. In She's had yeah. less in other movies. <laughs> There was one movie we accidentally covered that she wasn't even in. It was just archival <laughs> footage of her on a red carpet. That's, and she got an IMDb credit for that. So yeah. we watched it. Oh, my God. Uh, the next award is a custom award, and it can go to anything. Uh, my, mine, my award was best hairstyle, and it goes to Jen Aniston, because I really did yeah. like her hair in this. She, she is the hottest person alive. She Truly. has the she, greatest she hairstyles in everything. In Friends, she made the hairstyle the Rachel famous. Nobody sure wanted. Did. Nobody goes in asking for her haircut in this movie because it's a bad movie. Uh, what was your custom award, Jake? Um, my custom award is the Heterosexual Little Women Award um, <laughs> for this movie because it was nonlinearly told um, and it was for straight people, unlike Little Women. <laughs> What about you, Aton? My award is for best original screenplay within this movie. And that is the speech that they gave before killing that town. Uh, <laughs> when the guy, I think that that was a beautiful speech that got written. Um, and uh, when he came in, uh, yeah, wait, sorry, my phone started ringing in the middle of this. Anyways, when he was like, you guys are taking God's might and over into Qatar. Or whatever. That was my favorite. Job, Job, Jonah, and Job. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what was your custom award, Patrick? Mine is for uh, funniest serious line ever delivered in a movie. After they're like fighting on a, it's a scene where they're fighting on a rooftop. It doesn't seem to largely have anything to do with the movie, but a car starts driving at them, which is a pretty common scenario at war. And they're like, oh no, it might be a bomb. And then they shoot it, but it's just a woman. And I was like, oh, this might go somewhere. But instead it just gets one line, which was that bitch just got murdered. I know. <laughs> and then I... they move right the fuck on. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I just died laughing. I was like, you can't, that's the button. I'm going to say that like all the time now, just about anything that happens. I don't even think it was one of the named characters. I think it was some random soldier in the background, just like, damn, that bitch just got murdered. Yes. (laughs) Horrible. Uh, Do any, do either of you guys have anything to plug? Oh, um, I do. Yeah. If you want to hear more war stories, as I break down my experiences with a clinical therapist, as we talk about movies, but mostly we talk about war, it's called the War Porn Podcast. War porn. War porn. Ooh, war porn. You know, I got nothing. This is weird. Everything's like shut down right now. I got to know. Why? Yeah, why is that? All my stuff right now, uh, (laughs) because of the China virus, uh, I... (laughs) 
Uh, no, I mean, I had a live show. NYC is, I got some stuff that like is, uh, that will never see the light of day, maybe, that I'm working on. So, uh, you know, what's that? If, I, if you follow me on Twitter, it's on the goalie. And Instagram, yes. it's on the goalie. Oh, NYC is it. We, had, we saw these hats. Yeah, uh, I have a hat that says NYC is dead. I also don't think I ever told you, Aton, but I wore it one time to work. And my boss like looked at me and very somberly was like, that hat is kind of true. And, wow. I, and, I, and, and I was like, oh, it's, it's comedy. My friend runs a comedy show. It's called NYC is dead. And she was like, but the hat is true. Friend, we're married. Okay, wait. Your hat is true. <laughs> The hat is true. I'm your husband. Anyways, <laughs> you gotta stop telling your employers we're not married. Defensive. <laughs> I'm really boss. just trying to fuck my boss. <laughs> I take off my wedding ring every time I go into work. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, and with that. <laughs> and All right. with that, we reached the end of our podcast. Aton has some friends coming over. I have some drugs to smoke. And the happy rest holidays. Of you have a math? happy holiday. Sorry for, for sorry for ending this on my time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>